five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, we were going to record yesterday. I had a doctor's appointment I forgot about, and you were so kind as to work with the schedule. And so here we are today looking a little bit at Arkansas. How are you doing this morning, man? Good, good. It's, uh, it's game day and game day eve. It's game day because Alabama plays basketball this evening at Coleman Coliseum against Oakland University. And it's game day eve because uh, as we record, it's uh, – Game day against Arkansas tomorrow, real real football game day. I've, I've always felt like maybe the basketball season shouldn't start when it does. <laughs> you don't like the conflicting seasons. It's basketball season and it's football season. Yeah, and, and maybe, I don't know. I just, I feel like, now granted, during the week, the fact that a lot of the games are during the week is awesome. Um, it's, you know, you'll, you'll be sitting there thinking there's not a whole lot going on and you're like, wait a minute, Alabama plays tonight basketball. That's awesome. And it gives you something to do and something to watch and keep up with. So that's good. But I just wish that they kind of get it started where it could be like the, you know, everybody's attention can be on basketball. I feel like it deserves that. And now maybe that's just because Alabama's gotten a lot better uh, in recent years. And now I feel like they deserve uh, a lot more attention than maybe they get from some fans. But they, they are, they're getting plenty of attention and plenty of recognition and, and fans are excited. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I'm just being too picky. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I mean, there's nothing we can ever do to change it. But I, I, you know, I, I like all the big, what you know, what I call the big three sports. You know, football, basketball, baseball. I, I love them all, and it would be so much easier in my life if each had a season. But instead, they all overlap at times. And uh, and and, but hey, uh, I, I guess uh, there's no such thing as too much fun. Well, with like six thousand two hundred thirty-seven games in baseball, um, at least <laughs> on the major league level. You know, there, there's there's no way that you could not have that overlapping something. But with basketball and football, I just feel like that they can make it work to where, you know, I don't know when you would when, when, you could maybe start it during that kind of lull between uh, the the conference championship games and the bowl games. And that way, you know, gives people something to do. Uh, they're they're going to be itching to, to watch some sports after, you know, watching football pretty much every weekend and, and really a lot during the week. You take that away from them for a couple of weeks before you start getting those bowl games going. You start the basketball season, and a lot of people, I think, would enjoy that. But that's that's not my decision. That's just my opinion. Uh, but anyways, today we're going to be talking about Alabama and Arkansas because it's going to be a pretty interesting game. At least I think that it is. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today, 2.30, tomorrow. On It's going to, you know, of course, the air on CBS. Alabama's a three-score favorite, 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Jimmy, what are your initial thoughts on this Alabama-Arkansas game? Well, I like how it, <clears throat> it's a prep for Georgia in so many ways for me because while they don't run exactly what Georgia runs, they're, they're reminiscent of Georgia because they're a run-the-ball-first offense, and they're very physical. Their offensive line is physical. They're going to be committed to running the ball. They have an athletic quarterback. Again, it's kind of like comparing Stetson Bennett to K.J. Jefferson. You think those two are nothing alike. Well, Actually, what scares you to death with both of them are their legs. You have to defend that first. Uh, they're, they're good passers, but they're not elite passers. Uh, Arkansas has got to run the ball to be successful. Georgia against Alabama has to run the ball to be successful. So in that sense, preparing for their offense, 
is going to be very similar to preparing for Georgia. Defensively, it's almost the same. Uh, it is a very similar scheme defensively. But on top of that, it's just Arkansas's overall commitment to physicality. They're, they're going to hit you in the mouth. They're going to play very hard. And while they're not as talented as Georgia, in fact, they're not nearly as talented as Georgia, they're similar enough to where I think the preparation won't be vastly different. You pointed out before yourself earlier this week that Arkansas has got an interior uh, defensive tackle, John Ridgeway. Uh, he's not as talented as, let's say, a Jordan Davis, but he will help you prepare to take on a Jordan Davis. And uh, Ridgeway was invited to the Senior Bowl this week, by the way, so he is a valued uh, pro prospect. So I think that where this is really going to help Alabama is all week in practice, uh, it will translate to two weeks from now, assuming Alabama beats Arkansas, qualifies to play Georgia, the practices uh, preparing for the game will be similar. So in that way, uh, I think this is good timing. You know what? It, I think that's a good point. Um, I do think that there are some similarities. There are some differences, but, you know, you acknowledge that as well. I mean, there, there's enough that is similar where you can say Alabama can take away some things from this game and apply it to Georgia here in a couple of weeks if they do make it to Georgia. they got to beat Arkansas this weekend, or if they don't, they got to go to Jordan-Hare Stadium next weekend and win. But assuming one of those two things happen – then yeah, that you can obviously you know make some some connections between Arkansas and Georgia at least in some ways. Um, the the quarterback run offensively for Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, they're going to have, in my opinion, a little bit more of design quarterback runs. Stetson Bennett, they do have some RPO stuff. They do have some some read option, but they just they don't necessarily you know have as many design quarterback runs as maybe Arkansas is going to have because I think that KJ Jefferson in a lot of ways when I watch him you know 6'3 245 you know 240 pounds somewhere in between there he's kind of very Jalen Hurts-esque um, I think there are some limitations as far as being a passer but because of what he's able to do as far as being a runner and because of what that the the pressure that the the run game puts on opposing defenses that opens up some, for, you know, for him to have some efficient passing numbers. He's averaging, I think, you know, just under 200 yards passing per game, 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions, 8.8 .8 yards per attempt, 65% uh, completion percentage. Um, so very efficient passer given the opportunities. Would I say he's a great passer? No, I think those numbers don't tell the whole story. I think he's a good passer, but I think that, when you're looking at what he can do with his legs and the pressure that he can put on in that way, it is very Jalen Hurts-esque. And then, of course, you know, you, you got to, when you have a Jalen Hurts style of quarterback, you can't just be relying on his legs. You got to have a great run game overall. And Arkansas certainly provides that. Yeah, I think they're uh, sixth in the nation, maybe in rushing offense, uh, one of the best rushing offenses in the SEC. They don't come at you with a, with a first round pick. They sort of do it by committee a little bit. There's going to be a few guys back there. Uh, their star power, ironically, for a team that's committed to running the ball and, and having a dual threat quarterback that's a little limited in the passing game, their star on offense is no doubt Traylon Burks. He's as good a wide receiver as Alabama will face all season long. Uh, almost certainly a first-round pick, big and physical, gets open, makes the contested catch as well as anybody in the sport. This guy is really good in traffic. Uh, like in the end zone, uh, he will he will outfight a corner and a safety for the ball at the same time. He has as many circus catches as anybody in the league all put together. Uh, I think uh, Job 
uh, and Jalen Armour Davis are going to have their hands full with uh, with Traylon Burks. He's the star of their offense. He can definitely make something happen in the pass game. Uh, you you can pretty much write him down every week for 80, 90, over 100 yards, six or eight catches. Doesn't matter who's covering him or what coverages you use. He's that good. Uh, but but again, you have to you have to slow down their run game, or it can be a long day. Now, I also think you know we mentioned Georgia a lot earlier. You know, Georgia beat this team 37 nothing. It's a measuring stick game. It's like, okay, well, if Georgia beat them 37 to nothing, we want to compete with Georgia. Uh, it's not going to bode well for Alabama if this is a 23 to 20 game. Uh, I think Alabama's fans would like to see us beat Arkansas similarly to how Georgia beat them. Maybe not 37 nothing, but at least something similar. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that, that Alabama can pull that off defensively. Shutting out Arkansas is going to be tough. Uh, between Burks and their run game, but I think holding Arkansas to uh, to 13 or less uh, is something that's very possible and a very realistic goal. Yeah, and here's the thing that I'll say about trying to compare Alabama to Georgia and how they stack up. K.J. Jefferson wasn't nearly 100%. Uh, Georgia played them the week after the Texas A&M game when K.J. Jefferson had, had gotten that, I think it was an ankle injury. It was a lower body injury that kind of hindered his ability to be a full, you know, dual threat quarterback and, and play in the way that he would normally be played or, or deployed. And I think that that made Georgia's job a little bit easier. Now they have an elite defense. They were going to have success against Arkansas's offense regardless. I just think that that needs to be pointed out uh, because if Alabama's defense doesn't, you know, I don't think they'll quite do as well as Georgia did uh, regardless, but even if it looks a little bit worse than it normally would, I want people to, to know that I think a healthy KJ Jefferson would have given Arkansas a little bit more offensive production and maybe you know a few more points if he would have been 100% against uh, that defense back in early October. Um, but when you when you're looking at at Arkansas, you're completely correct. Their offense, as far as through the air, everybody else is a secondary piece, a distant secondary piece to Traylon Burks. I mean, he, he's absolutely incredible. Like you said, one of the best receivers in the country. I do think Alabama stacks up pretty well against him. You know, uh, Jalen Armour Davis and Josh Joe, both of those guys are 6'1", 190 plus pounds, strong, physical, and and I think can match up from a size perspective against him. And what's interesting is when you look at, you know, as dominant as he can be, there have been games this season against Georgia, against LSU, against Texas. All of those games he was held to under... 40 yards receiving and when you look at the georgia and lsu games he only had three catches for 26 yards combined in those two games so you can slow him down but you got to have the pieces that can match him physically and you got to be able to put pressure on kj jefferson and arkansas's offensive line um are they perfect no but i think it's a good group i think they're good at, you know they're very balanced they can run block and they're you know fairly effective in pass protection when you are able to get some pressure, some standard pressure on KJ Jefferson, he's got the ability to escape and and you know create with his legs or extend plays. I think that puts pressure on your defense. So this will be a good test for Alabama defensively. And then when you look at their run game, you know Georgia's going to bring a, a, a strong run game to the SEC championship if Alabama plays them. You've already mentioned that, and you're looking at like a, a three or four headed monster just with. The running backs that doesn't include KJ Jefferson. He actually leads the team in carries with 107, uh, which he's converted into I think you know close to 500 yards on the ground and and four or five touchdowns. But they have a nice little complimentary group of of running backs as well. 
Traylon Smith has been the one early on in the season. He's a little bit undersized, 5'9", 190 pounds. He was kind of the guy early on. Lately, it's been Dominique Johnson. He's a much bigger back, 6'1", 235 pounds. I think he's had like 32 carries over the last two weeks. So they've really been trending towards getting him more work as the season moves on. But you also see Rocket Sanders, who is a converted slot receiver, can do some good things as far as catching the football out of the backfield, still has some speed, still has some power. And then you also get uh, another, you know, Rocket Sanders is a freshman. You also get some A.J. Green in there as well. Uh, who's another freshman who's, you know, part of that committee, uh, at least at times he's been part of that committee as well. So four good running backs, good offensive line that can run block can keep the quarterback protected, a, a dual threat quarterback, and, and at least one dominant player in the passing game. So like I said, this is going to be a tough matchup for Alabama. Are you worried based off of Nick Saban's comments about kind of the focus and the poor me's in practice? Uh, are you worried about Alabama's focus going into this game? Well, it sounds like Coach Saban is, so I, I suppose we all should be. And, you know, one point he makes that I think is great, and a, a lot of our fans ignore this, but it's so true. Uh, Coach Saban specifically pointed out last night in his radio show that the attitude of the fans uh, towards a specific game sort of bleeds down to the players. And, and if there's a game that the fans aren't taken too seriously, that can bleed down to the players. you got to remember these players, they don't literally spend every minute of every day on the practice field or in the weight room, they're at their uh, apartments. They're at their houses that they share with their teammates. And when they are, they're probably on social media reading what their friends and fans are saying about the upcoming game. And, and that's what coach Saban is talking about. So uh, he's obviously a little worried that the, uh, that the guys aren't taking Arkansas as seriously as they should. He pointed out that Arkansas did beat Texas A&M. Alabama failed to do so. They're seven and three. They're ranked. They're a good team. I, I promise you this. No one is going to play Alabama any harder than Arkansas will. This is a full effort all the time team. No one does a better job in this league, not even Coach Saban. No one does a better job than Sam Pittman of getting his guys ready to play hard for 60 minutes every week. And they do, no matter what the circumstance or the score. So you're going to get a max effort. What Arkansas lacks is uh, premier talent. They have a handful of guys, you know, Traylon Burks, he's good as anybody, uh, but he's one of the few, you know, they got a safety that's really good. A couple of linebackers that are really gritty and kind of all conference type players, but they're not exactly great pro prospects. We're going to play much better teams than Arkansas should we win the game on Saturday, but uh, we won't play anyone that plays any harder than they do. And I think that's what coach Saban's worried about is he's got to get his guys to take Arkansas seriously because you have to match their physicality for 60 minutes. And, and I think that that's interesting, that first point that you brought up about the, the fan base's mentality. And I think that that goes just beyond that the fan base's mentality towards a certain game. I think that the, the opinions on social media of players, everybody wants to, if you were to ask a certain player, if you were to ask, you know, uh, if you were to go ask Bo Nix, does he listen to what people say about him? Does he read what people say about him? Does it affect him? What do you think he's going to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely bothers me. No, he's going to say, no, absolutely not. Don't pay any attention to that stuff. Uh, you got to be, because that's the, that's what you're supposed to say. And if he didn't say that, everybody would be criticizing him. So I've seen people in the past say, oh, you know, uh, recruits and players and stuff don't take the opinions of fans into consideration. They don't care about that stuff. That's completely false. We live in a world where social media is everything. And in the past, 
you've seen players. I mean, there would be times, and I, I can't remember the players specifically, but, you know, Tua, I think, was one of them. I mean, you know, back when he was at Alabama, you would see him tweet a couple of things throughout the offseason. It would hit the season, and the guy wouldn't send a single tweet for the entirety of the season. And and I know a lot, some Alabama players are still like that, but with the NIL stuff, you have to be engaged with with your social media. You know, you have to be connected. It's a lot more difficult to just put it, you know, Twitter down and not get on it for four months. That is a lot more difficult because you're doing ads, you're doing, you know, it, there's just, there's so many things that you have to do and you have to stay engaged with your social media audience more. And I just think that with the way things are trending, social media is a huge thing now. And not only do people, you know, read, it's going to affect how they feel. And Nick Saban has talked about that or hinted at that a lot when it comes to media and things that they've said about players. But then it's, it kind of goes beyond just media. It's not just articles they're reading. They're reading tweets. You know, um, I, I sent out that thing before the game uh, last week on Bryce Foster. And I don't know. I really hope you didn't go search Bryce Foster's name on Twitter. But, you know, it's funny because I, I sent that out. I was backstory. Right before the game against New Mexico State, Bryce Foster, a very talented, true freshman, starting center for Texas A&M. His first start, if I'm not mistaken, was against Alabama. And I was just, you know, he did very well in that game. So right before the game, I, I was kind of thinking about some stuff in my head, decided to, to kind of see what people were saying about him before, you know, the game and, and how he had been doing since that Alabama game because I'd watched that one and he had done extremely well. And so I searched Bryce Foster's name, and I certainly wouldn't recommend that. I'm not kidding. Don't do it. This, is, this isn't this is a curiosity kill the cat thing. Do not do it. Uh, but I thought it was funny because I was in the press box. I was around a ton of people, and I, my initial reaction was just to close out of Twitter. But then I'm like, yeah, but when you pull it back up, it's going to be like you didn't get off of that. So it was, it was kind of funny. Decided to share with people, hey, if you're thinking about doing this, don't do it. Four or five days later, Bryce Foster is replying to me saying, Hey, yeah, uh, I've made that mistake as well. He went and searched his own name. And that's the entire point of this story. It's a long winded way of saying four or five days later, he found my tweet and he replied to it. And he thought he was, he was agreeing that it was funny and wild. Um, cause he's made the same mistake, but that just proves to you, these players go and search their own names. They, they want to hear what people are saying about them. And if you don't think that that can, doesn't affect their psyche as much as you would want them to be mentally tough and, you know, ignore the haters and all that stuff. That's not the way that the world works nowadays. It's a very, you know, technology-based generation. And, you know, it's something that Nick Saban's been having to combat for a while. Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, it, it, it's crazy that, that anyone would ever consider. I mean, we, we haven't all been SEC football players, not all of us, but we have all been 18, 19, and 20 years old. We, we all have been that. For the, for, or I'm assuming we probably don't have too many high school, middle school listeners to the show, but w most of us have been 18, 19, and 20 years old. And can you imagine being that age and there are people talking about you and you ignore that? That's yeah. not reality. That's absolutely not reality. You're sprinting to find out what everyone is saying about you. These football players are absolutely no different than any of us. Of course they read it. Of course they want to know, even if it's bad. And, you know, so so when you say things and you tweet things and, and, and you post things, you need to assume that it's going to be read by the very people you're talking about. And uh, again, it's not like a word of warning. It's just politeness. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, it's still OK to criticize most of those guys. You need to have a thick skin or you don't need to be playing this game at this level. They can take 
criticism. They can take, I can't believe Jameson Williams fumbled that ball. That that really hurt. They can take that, but they don't need to be reading super personal critical stuff. So well, and, and uh, saying that a player's trash, you know, I mean, it's, it was like uh, how and and I'm not saying that Bryce Young is one of these people, you know, from everything that I know, I think he's probably as close to old school players you get as far as being able to ignore social media. But I mean, you got to think, I mean, you know, before the season, uh, the fact that a lot of the fan base was not on board with him and, and the criticism was, you know, I just imagine to think that that didn't have any effect on his psyche going in, you know, that there are different ways to approach it. You might have somebody, you might have the Michael Jordan approach where he takes it personally and everybody's going to pay. But I mean, that's, that, that is a very rare mentality to have. That, that's a reason that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time is because he was able to have that mentality, you know, hopping on there and, and seeing that a lot of people who should be supporting you, who have very little evidence to not support you are choosing to say that they don't think you're the guy and they don't, they don't believe in you and all this stuff. Just to me, that and that's where, you know, my frustrations with the Alabama fan base a lot of times goes is that you can criticize. It's like you said, you can criticize certain things. We hop on this show and we criticize guys. And I guarantee you that we have had probably an impact on, on the psyche of some players before un, unintentionally. Now, granted, that's our job. We have to be upfront with people. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. People want my opinion, but to, to, to really, you know, I'm not going to hop on here and say somebody's trash because that's not analytical. That's just dogging somebody for no reason. And there's, you know, you can go through and, and pick certain things to criticize, but I, I just, I believe that, you know, the fan base could do a much better job in this, not just Alabama fan base. It's everybody of, if you really want a guy to succeed, what are you doing to help that guy succeed? And, and to think that, you know, Bryce Young doesn't know who I am. You know, he's not reading my stuff. You don't know that. I mean, if you say Bryce Young, anything, on Twitter, it's possible that Bryce Young is going to search Bryce Young and he's coming across your tweet and that's affecting him. Yeah. In, a, in an ideal world, everybody's got thick skin. Everybody can, you know, roll with the punches. And, and, but I just, I think that Nick Saban understands that outside influence is making a much bigger impact on Alabama's success and focus this year than maybe it has in years past. And that is a problem. And if you want to help your team, do the things that you need to do to help and, and try to avoid you know, certain ways of criticizing guys. And we've gotten off on a tangent. Um, it's just, you know, when Nick Saban brought that up last night, I thought it was a great point. And it made me realize um, it's not just, and and what he was actually talking about was their focus on a certain, if we're going in saying we think we're, they're going to roll Arkansas, players are reading that, maybe they're ta not taking Arkansas as seriously as they need to. But really you can go beyond that and apply it to a lot of other areas as well. That's right, but it, it, do, it did seem to really affect Coach Saban last night. Uh, he has talked really more than once about the psyche of the team this week, and uh, I, I think he, he's concerned about the focus. But, you know, one thing about that, you know, Coach Saban's pretty good at getting the focus back, and, uh, and, and they need to be focused. This is a, a good team uh, with a lot of weapons. We've been over it. You know, uh, I like Alabama to win the game, though. Uh, you know, when, when you look at what Arkansas – uh, has done throughout the course of the season. A lot of people are very complimentary of Barry Odom, their outstanding defensive coordinator. And I think he's really good at his job too. And he's not working with a lot compared to the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Texas A&Ms. He's not. Uh, but when I went back and looked at Arkansas game by game, they do give up more points to, to, to power five teams week to week than one might assume. Uh, I think Alabama can score here if Alabama is balanced. Uh, there's a lot on Brian Robinson 
this Saturday because he has to do two things now. A, he has to be really productive. B, he has to carry the ball and touch the ball more than ever. And C, he has to stay healthy. <laughs> so there's a lot on Brian Robinson. But he, he's the guy that lends balance to the offense down the stretch if Alabama wants to be effective against Arkansas, Auburn, and, and then in the postseason. You, you've got to be balanced. You've got to run the ball. You've got to throw the ball. you got to do both efficiently do both of it well. Right now, the run game is pretty much entirely on B-Rob. That's a lot on him, but he's shown us all year uh, that that he can be really productive in these situations. I think you tweeted uh, just this morning his numbers against ranked teams, uh, and 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 they're they're fantastic. Uh, he's had a really good year. I, I think he's a guy that's really improved late in his career. He's a better player now than he was early in his career. Uh, I think early in his career, he was sometimes tentative, uh, sometimes tentative uh, in, in the bigger games against bigger, you know, opponents. Uh, his numbers wouldn't be as good as against the lesser opponents. But now later in his career, he seems to pick it up. The bigger the game is, the better the opponent is, the better he seems to play. So uh, he'll be big tomorrow, but he's really big down the stretch and he needs to be. He's pretty much the last man standing. Yeah, he's definitely one of them. And, and when you look uh, you know, Barry Odom, like you were talking about, and this is, I guess, where the conversation should shift now would be Alabama's offense against Arkansas's defense. Barry Odom has done a good job. Um, you know, he's got that three man front. He kind of switches between three and four man fronts, depending. Um, but a lot of times he's dropping eight guys. He's trying to take away your passing game. He's playing a lot of soft zone coverage and he uses stunts up front extremely well and stunts and, and twists and things that have really caused Alabama's offensive line trouble at times this season, a lot of times this season, to be quite honest. So this will be yet again, another test to, to see how they're able to, you know, to show improvement against that kind of thing. But, you know, they've got players at all three levels that I think can make a, a pretty big impact on the game. Like you mentioned, and, and I've mentioned him before, John Ridgeway, you know, 6'6", 320-pound nose tackle, Illinois State transfer. He was fantastic at Illinois State. He's been rock solid for Arkansas. You know, great two-gapper, can control both the A-gaps. Um, and I think that it he'll be a huge test for Alabama's interior offensive line. You know, you got JVN Cohen and you got Darian Dalcourt, who are both back at practice. They should be back in the starting lineup at center and left guard. Those are going to be two of the three guys, along with Emil Ikior, who are going to have or be tasked with mitigating what kind of impact John Ridgeway has on the game. And I'm not saying that he's this Jordan Davis caliber player, but I think he's pretty close. He's very disruptive, you know, a lot more of a, a solid run defender than pass interior pass rusher, but he's still a good interior pass rusher in some ways. And then you got Trey Williams, the Missouri transfer out there on the edge who has been by far their most impactful pass rusher or, uh, you know, this season, 34 total pressures, six sacks, seven quarterback hits, 22 quarterback hurries, not a great run defender, but he's going to be the guy on, on in third down situations, who's pinning his ears back and trying to get pressure on the quarterback. And then at the next level, the, the combination of Grant Morgan, bumper pull and Hayden Henry, all those guys have played, you know, 380 to 480 snaps, all three are very good players. All you know, two of them, Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry, both those guys are are two very good off-ball blitzers. Bumper pull is more of your run stopper, you know, who's also pretty decent in coverage. But Grant Morgan's great in coverage, has been all season. Uh, so that's really where the defense is built around is their linebacker play. And they've gotten, you know, all three of those guys, they're not all on the field at the same time, but they're all three, you know, very impactful players 
And so I would expect them to have some success against Alabama's offense. And what will be interesting, if, if, if Alabama offensively is going to have success, they have to be able to run the football because Arkansas is begging you to when they drop eight players. When, uh, when you look at the success that Ole Miss had against them, you look at the success that Georgia had against them, you know, it, it all started offensively with them being able to move the football on the ground. And what's interesting is that I did bring that up about Brian Robinson Jr. and the the kind of impact he's had against top 25 teams. Alabama's played three top 25 teams this year, and Brian Robinson Jr. has totaled, I think, 519 yards, uh, which, you know, close to 400 rushing, 130 receiving, and seven touchdowns in those three games. When then you also look at Arkansas's defense against top 25 opponents, and I'm not going to include Mississippi State because Mississippi State barely runs the football, even though they did have some success against Arkansas's defense doing it. You know, when when they played Ole Miss and they played Georgia, Arkansas's defense allowed close to 600 yards total in those two games on the ground. So I think that Alabama, with the way that Arkansas likes to drop eight, I think Alabama needs to be able to establish the run early. They need to be able to hammer it at that defense, make them adjust, and then, you know, the passing game will start to open up a little bit more from there. I wouldn't expect Alabama to come out and, and try to sling the football around a ton early. I could be wrong, but I just think with the way that Barry Odom and Arkansas likes to play defense, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be the wisest move to try to do that. Yeah, completely agree. It, it, it's it's almost like we're going to be telling Brian Robinson two things on, on Saturday. Hey, Brian, we're, we might need you to carry the ball 25 times and uh, and, and be real physical because you're you're going to have some room at the line of scrimmage to run in this game. And we're, we're going to need you to be physical. We're going to need you to run through linebackers over defensive backs and be a real physical presence. Oh, and at the same time, don't get hurt because, because yeah. we don't really have a true backup anymore. Uh, we, we, we have guys that can play snaps, but we don't have guys that can replace Brian Robinson. So, uh, you know, run it hard, run it a lot, but stay healthy. Uh, and, and then Bryce can make plays around that. You know, hopefully you, you run the ball, you're real effective, and, and you get Arkansas out of doing what they want to do, and, uh, and then we can dictate things on offense. So I actually expect the offense – I don't know if struggle is the right word. I wouldn't be surprised, Clint, if we didn't play our, our, our best game against Arkansas offensively. And some of it is just the effort, those linebackers that are going to play hard for 60 minutes, that are going to, you know, kind of play on their heels a little bit against a pass game. But then, but then, you know, they get downhill and aggressive in a hurry, you know, when, when you do run the ball. Hopefully Alabama can put up the same type of rush numbers other teams have against them. But, uh, you know, Alabama averages around 44, 45 points a game. Uh, I expect Arkansas to hold Alabama under their average, but not, uh, but not too far under their average. And that's what I was going to get to next because that's how we're going to wrap this up. Got a little bit, you know, of a preview offensively, defensively, kind of what to expect. You know, with that 20 and a half point line, and I think the over and under is just under 60 points. I think it's 58 and a half. My score prediction is 38 to 21. I think Alabama wins. I think the the over hits, but I think that Alabama does not cover that 20 and a half. I think they win by 17. I think Arkansas offensively does have some some success. Uh, 21 points might seem like a lot, and if, if they give up 21 points, there are probably going to be a lot of people who are very upset with Alabama's defense as a result. But you got to understand, K.J. Jefferson, dual-threat quarterbacks have given their defense trouble at times. And I also wouldn't be surprised if, if Arkansas's defense had one particular play, whether it was an interception, whether it was you know getting a big sack and, and pinning them back in their own territory deep where they got a punt and then Arkansas gets a short field. 
I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, one of those offensive touchdowns for Arkansas, you know, maybe it's not an offensive touchdown. Maybe it's an interception for a touchdown or a fumble recovery um, or something. I think that Arkansas's defense against Alabama's offense, at least on one drive, is going to put them in a position to put up points. And so that's why I think that Arkansas could very well get up there in the early, in the low 20s. But I think that Alabama still puts up in the high 30s. That's going to be, you know, uh, maybe not as good as some – fans want to see considering their their season average but i'm also taking into consideration that alabama from what nick saban has said does not seem very focused going into this game and it, i can't completely ignore that maybe they come out and they're they're sharp and and they they heard the message on on uh wednesday night or thursday night i guess that nick saban had for them they applaud they look fantastic but you know based off of things that the head coaches said about his concern about where that fo- the the team's focus is at I'm going to assume that they don't play their best game. Now, winning by 17 is still a good victory. It's against a top 25 opponent in Arkansas. Uh, but, may, you know, I could see the defense giving up a little bit more points than normal. And I could see the offense not quite getting to that season average as far as in the mid-40s on uh, points scored. Yeah, we're, we're on the same page. I would even take – I would take that score right now, 38-21, and move on to Auburn. That, that, that would sound good to me. Let's just win this game and, and move on. Uh, but – I, I'm uh, I like that 38. I'm going to take it myself. I, I think Alabama's going to score 38, just one touchdown under their average, uh, and, and give Arkansas a lot of credit there for being the physical team that they are, keeping Alabama under their average. And I think Alabama runs for around 100 yards, 125 yards total, throws it for maybe 250, and, and just has sort of a slightly under average game, giving credit to that good Arkansas defense and Barry Odom. But uh, I expect a little more out of the defense tomorrow. Now, if they're not focused and not playing uh, as hard as, as, as Coach Saban would like, then, uh, then they are going to give up points to some talented Arkansas guys like K.J. Jefferson and Traylon Burks and that, that running back by committee. But I'm, I'm hoping and predicting that Alabama holds Arkansas to around 10 in this game. Uh, again, different scenario than when Georgia faced Arkansas with a banged-up K.J. Jefferson who maybe wasn't at at full speed, Alabama gets the the legitimate 100% KJ tomorrow. Therefore, I do believe Arkansas will score. I think Arkansas will move the ball and be pretty effective, but uh, moving the ball, but have trouble getting in the end zone. So in the end, I say Alabama 38, Arkansas 10. It might be pretty wild for me. You know, my, one of my bold predictions was that Alabama holds Traylon Burks under 40 yards receiving. Um, that might be wild to give them 21 points with them still holding him to that, you know, they're by far their best offensive weapon to a very mediocre subpar day. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Who knows? You could be absolutely correct. And if, if they're focused, I think that in that 10-point range, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. If they hold Arkansas to 10 points, I will be extremely impressed with this defense just because of the, you know, the fact that there's, you know, some, some focus issues going in. The fact that, you know, Alabama has been performing well defensively, but this kind of seems like the game where they can start to, you know, maybe like a Tennessee type of game where, you know, the, the final score is pretty lopsided, but you wouldn't think it. And no one looks at that Tennessee game and thinks that Alabama had a good defensive performance, even though I think they gave up 24 points and they did some really good things defensively. They allowed a couple of big pop plays to put points on the board. But, I, you know, I could. that's the kind of performance that I, I'm assuming or I think that's going to happen tomorrow from Alabama's defense. And if they can do what you're talking about, I will be on here on this show on Monday 
praising them and thinking that they've turned a corner because, you know, that that will be a heck of a performance. Absolutely. But I think the defense was playing really well. I think that was lost in the LSU game a little bit. The offense didn't play well. The team was sort of criticized for its performance against LSU, but the defense played well. And the defense showed up again last week against a totally outmanned New Mexico State team. But uh, but but outside of one drive where they gave up a field goal, uh, the defense was great, even when they put in the uh, the backups late. So uh, I feel that the defense is playing really well. They're playing their best football of the year. And uh, it's it's at exactly the right time. They'll need to. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for yet another episode of the Bama on three show. We appreciate you guys listening in. We'll be back next week. Uh, recapping the Arkansas game, previewing the Auburn game. There's going to be a lot of content for that Iron Bowl. Um, I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. It's lost some of its luster, I guess, as far as pregame hype. But I mean, come on, folks. I mean, bottom line is, is it's still the Iron Bowl and Auburn, you know, in Jordan Air Stadium. It's still going to be a tough game. But we'll worry about that once it gets here. For now, all focus is on Arkansas. And uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed the preview episode. And we'll be back next week. So, Jimmy, I appreciate you hopping on here with me, brother. Absolutely. Roll Tide. Everybody have a great weekend. All right. And yet again, that's going to be uh, another episode of the Bam on 3 show. I'm your host, Clint Lamb. <laughs>